I'd like to call to order the regular formal meeting of the Iowa City City Council for December the 4th, 2018. Roll call, please. Cole. Here. Mims. Here. Salee. Yeah. Taylor. Here. Teague. Here. Thomas. Here. Throgmorton. Here. Uh, so I, I guess items two through six is consider adoption of the consent calendar as presented or amended. So I'd like to have a motion to approve as amended, which well. involves deferring item 5D indefinitely. Could I have a motion, please? So move. Second. Moved by Sway. Seconded by Teague. Wow, you're on <laughs> off the mark quickly. Yeah. Second. All right. Discussion? <laughs> Hearing none, roll call, please. Cole? Yes. Mims? Yes. Salee? Yes. Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Throckmorton? Yes. Motion carries 7 to 0. Could I have a motion to accept correspondence, please? So moved. Second. Moved by Mims, seconded by Thomas. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Item 7, community comment. This is uh, a moment when Anyone who would like to address us about any topic that's not on the formal meeting agenda should feel free to come up, come up to the podium, state your name, address that topic, and please do not take more than five minutes to do so. Hello. Good evening. I'm Allison Janes, um, Iowa City resident. And I'm going to bring up the matter of the um, control of the deer population once again. Uh, we have a few representatives here from Iowa City Deer Friends, and I just wanted to ask again, since we've heard uh, silence from the council, if there's anything more that we needed to provide to you um, that would maybe get a response in terms of moving forward with non-lethal methods of deer population control i.e. sterilization. Um, we've provided a lot of information, an entire correspondence, many pages of information, and we're willing to do the work. We have several people here, but we have a lot more people that don't show up to these meetings because they're um, not able to. We're, we're just more of the face of it. And so we're hoping to hear something from you so that we can get a yes, move forward with um, making a larger plan so that we can provide that to you for consideration or you know, a no that we're, we're gonna go ahead with different means mm -hmm. of, of population control. Jeff, have we reached out to the state in terms of uh, determining the details about whether we can do sharpshooting or can do bow and arrow, or must do bow and arrow or anything like that that pertains to this topic? We are going to be on the December agenda, and I don't have a specific date, but I'd be happy to get it to you, the, the December agenda for the uh, state board that um, would license us um, for sharpshooting. So we've applied for a sharpshooting authorization or permit. Um, we should hear in December whether that's granted or not. Okay, let me also say that in parallel, we can also be working um, to make a plan for the non-lethal means of population control um, from our side that we can present to you for consideration for maybe um, a future um, implementation in addition to if you're definitely settled on the sharpshooting to control the population this season, maybe for the future we can provide that to you. Well, it seem, uh, I want to see if there's concurrence among the council. It seems to me if you want to provide us with some information about all, and a complementary approach that we could use, uh, knowing that we intend to do some 
culling of the herd, mm -hmm. um, that that would be reasonable. I don't know. Does that sound reasonable from a staff point of view? Yeah, and uh, keep in mind there is a deer commission uh, that is not only going to be looking at you know the the short term needs, but also the long term needs. So it'd be appropriate to work with that group too. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Allison. Would anyone else like to address us on any topic that's not on the formal meeting agenda? Good evening, Brandon. Good evening, Council, Mayor. I uh, I come here tonight and uh, I see a I see a flag at half mass and. I see a flag at half mass. I see a flag at half mass for children who are in poverty and have nothing to eat. I see a flag at half mass for the cuts in education and programs so that tax money may be cut and the money can be given to the rich. I see a flag in half mass for those who are walking our streets without a home. I see a flag at half mass for those with not enough food. For the black people who have been shot for the simple reason of the color of their skin. For the Jewish people who have been shot in this country for the simple belief that they have in their religion. I see the flag at half mass. I see the flag at half mass for all the children who have had to suffer by the hundreds of thousands, by the bombs which have been manufactured in the United States and deployed by the people we consider our government. I see the flag at half mass for the unevenness of the wealth in this country that we call a democracy. I see the flag at half mass for that democracy. I see the flag at half mass for those who cannot get from one place to the other because of a handicap or because there's no, there's no transportation. I see the flag at half mass for the women who suffer without programs to help them, who cannot take care of their children, who cannot feed their children. I see the flag at half mass. I see the flag at half mass for all the language that is said about how great a country and a community can be, but whose words from its own people fall on deaf ears. I see the flag at half mass. I see the flag at half mass and I ask myself, whose flag is this? For whom is the flag lowered? I see the flag at half mass for all of us in this time. 
I see the flag at half-mast for those who are suffering in the fires of California. Those who have died already because of the interests of a small group of oil companies and others encouraging global warming. I see the flag at half-mast for the un inhumane ways that people are treated. The flag should be at half-mast. A human being should be considered, whether they are in our borders or outside. Until, those, until these things are corrected in some small pass, some small part, I see the flag at half-mast, and I ask myself, Whose flag is it? Thank you. Thank you, Bren. Would anyone else like to address this? All right, seeing no one else, we'll move to item eight, planning and zoning matters. Item eight A, behavioral health urgent care center rezoning. This is an ordinance conditionally rezoning approximately 5.82 acres of property located at 1914 South Gilbert Street, 1805 Waterfront Drive, 260, 306, and 346 Southgate Avenue from intensive commercial CI1 to neighborhood public P1. This is second consideration, but the applicant has requested expedited action. I move that the rule requiring the ordinances must be considered and voted on for passage at two council meetings prior to the meeting at which it is to be finally passed be suspended, that the second consideration and vote be waived, and that the ordinance be voted on for final passage at this time. Second. Moved by ma'am, seconded by Taylor. Discussion? Seeing none, roll call, please. Mims? Yes. Salee? Yes. Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Throgmorton? Yes. Cole? Yes. Motion carries 7 to 0. Move final, final, move final <laughs> approval at this time. <laughs> Second. Moved by Mims, seconded by Taylor. Discussion? I would just say there's going to be a lot of people that are really happy to get this piece done, uh, the rezoning for the access center, and condensing this tonight will allow the county to go ahead with the originally planned closing date of December 14th. They will take possession of the land as soon as uh, the weather uh, works for them. They will start putting fill in so that construction can start next spring or summer. Terrific. Anyone else? I'm very excited that we're moving ahead on this uh, for all the reasons that have been discussed uh, previously, but some of you may not know. Um, several of us have gone to San Antonio and seen the Restoration Center, Haven of Hope, the use of crisis intervention training down there that really enables uh, people to receive the kinds of services they need immediately when they're in crisis for whatever reason and to do so in a way that helps them get back on their feet, so to speak. So I'm really pleased uh, to co collaborate with the county, with the university, with Shelter House, with a whole range of other entities to move ahead on this. Coralville, too, right? They're, they're, they're Coralville is right? contributing money as well. Yeah. 
Okay, anyone else? Along with that, Jim, I'd, I'd like to thank all those folks you listed, including Susan. She's been, she's been on the planning stages uh, for planning this. It seems like it's been forever and finally coming to fruition, and, and uh, it's going to be wonderful. Absolutely. A lot more planning to do, too. <laughs> Still more planning. Yeah. And there is um, low barrier shelters. Yes. Um, yes. Associated with this as well. So excellent. Yeah. Give us a permanent location for that, which will be great. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Roll call, please. Any, so, I'm no, sorry, just, sorry, did anybody from the audience want to address this or not? I just asked. Okay. I saw Chrissy, so. Sorry. Salee? So Yes. Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Troy Martin? Yes. Cole? Yes. Mims? Yes. Motion carries 7 to 0. Could I have a motion to accept correspondence, please? So moved. Second. Moved by Thomas. Second by Mims. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Item 8B, rezoning at 4643 Herbert Hoover Highway. This is an ordinance conditionally rezoning approximately 5.49 acres of property located at 4643 Herbert Hoover Highway from interim development, multifamily residential, IDRM, to medium density multifamily residential, RM20, and low density multifamily residential, RM12. This is second consideration, but the applicant has requested expedited action. I move that the rule requiring the ordinances must be considered and voted on for passage at two council meetings prior to the meeting at which it is to be finally passed be suspended, and that the second consideration and vote be waived, and that the ordinance be voted on for final passage at this time. Second. Moved by Mem, seconded by Taylor. Discussion. Uh, Jeff, I wonder if someone could explain why the applicant's requesting. Uh, there is an Iowa Finance Authority deadline uh, for phase two of the project, which is uh, has been talked about as the senior housing portion of it. Uh, they need to have that rezoning uh, done uh, before the first of the year in order to uh, have the application um, <clears throat> considered complete. Thanks. Uh, any council discussion? Seeing none, roll call, please. Oh, well, I, I should ask. <laughs> Would anybody like to address this topic? All right, seeing no one, uh, roll call, please. Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Thomas? No. Throgmorton? Yes. Cole? Yes. Mims? Yes. Salee? Yes. Motion carries six to one. Could I have a motion to pass and adopt, please? So moved. Second. Moved by Mims, second by Cole. Discussion? I would just like to briefly mention one thing. One of the things I'm really thrilled with is something that we're not seeing. I think what the city of Iowa City is saying is yes in my backyard, and I think that's terrific. Um, there's not a lot of low-income housing in the northeast part of our community. This is going to be additional several units that are going to be part of that. And I'm just really thrilled that we seem to have reached as much as we can in a city like Iowa City where we like to disagree and dialogue from time to time, that we seem to have widespread community support. Um, so I'm really thrilled that we don't have a lot of people speaking up against this and that this is going to be an important step forward to improve affordable housing throughout the community. Anyone else? I love that it's moving to that uh, part of town because we don't, um, it's been developed over the years, but it, this is a great uh, project moving to that part of town. Yep. Okay, now, roll call, please. Teague? Yes. Thomas? No. 
Rod Martin? Yes. Cole? Yes. Mims? Yes. Salee? Yes. Taylor? Yes. Motion carries six to, uh, six to one. Could I have a motion to accept correspondence, please? So moved. Second. Moved by Mims, seconded by Salee. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Item 8C, zoning code amendment related to transfer of development rights for historic properties. This is an ordinance amending Title 14, zoning code of the Iowa City Code related to transfer of development rights for certain historic properties. I'm going to open the public hearing. Would anyone like to address this topic, please? Good evening, Pam. Hi. Pam Show um, in Iowa City. And I'm sorry I haven't been attending these meetings. Uh, I'm kind of wondering, I don't know if this includes the uh, 12 West Court project. Mm, well, no. no. No, not really. Yeah. So is that on this agenda or not? No, it's not. Okay, that's simple then. All right, so then this is just in general, X number of floors might be transferred to different parts of town. Floors if or density. Or density, yeah. okay. All right, so there is part of this that I'd like to address. Um, uh, density's good, I guess, um, noting how projects are represented at times and how they are executed is not always straightforward. Um, so I've noticed a difference in a discrepancy in um, the height represented in some a project, something like including the Chauncey. So this is if if there's a public perception that 15 stories is so many feet, um, or if there if the five stories, let's say somebody wants to, to instead of a three-story building in a certain area, they want to add two stories. How how large are those stories going to be? What is the exact foot height elevation or meter? elevation of the proposed project because it's a little disingenuous to say, oh, it's just a five-story building when we might think, oh, well, there's maybe 10 or 12 feet per story and it's going to be so tall. It's good to have exact numbers on the elevation proposed um, because otherwise people are taken aback when Lo and behold, instead of 15, there are 16 stories. There are not 16 floors in the Chauncey, but there are 16 stories because there's not a 16th floor. So there is a huge bump up of 14 feet on the top of a 15-story building. So what does that mean practically for a place like College Green? On a very large scale project such as this, it's just that much more of the sky that's blocked off for the enjoyment of the whole east side. So when there's a planning and zoning adjustment for comprehensive plan, which would be in the future for 12 West Court, um, there ought to be an exact measurement 
on the proposal, not just some you know, cocktail sketch that we're maybe mistaken about the height because of our own private residence experience, because a hotel is going to be much larger with 20 foot, foot ceilings. So uh, I would so this does kind of relate to the increased height, um, and it would be good to hear some if there's a proposal for increased height or a zoning change, that um, a height limitation should be more in yards, meters, feet, miles, not just stories, mm -hmm. because those stories are, shall we say, fiction. You know, so we don't want to get too literary here in Iowa City, but um, <laughs> we want to be more precise with our requirements when there's a zoning change. And it doesn't just lead requirements, it should also be exact height that we're presenting to the public in a very straightforward, honest, transparent, et cetera, way. Okay, Thank ben, you. thanks. And would, would you be able to talk about the, the heights of stories? Um, I guess I could say that they generally vary, but for the purposes of the proposed transfer of development rights ordinance, <coughs> we are saying that 10 feet equal one story for the purposes of calculating any potential transfer. Great. Thank you. Would anybody else like to address this topic? Okay, seeing no one else, I, I want to remind you that the Planning and Zoning Commission recommended approval. So I need to ask you if you are inclined to vote in accordance with the commission's recommendation to approve the ordinance. If not, we would continue the public hearing to allow the, uh, the commission with an opportunity to consult about it. So point of clarification, I guess, here. Uh, we had extensive discussion about this at our last meeting. And I, I, my personal sense was that we should not move ahead. I don't know what the rest of you think in terms of voting, but but if, if we decide not to move ahead, then we would need to consult with the commission or offer to consult with the commission. But we could also have use this as a moment to reflect on maybe a couple or three suggestions or whatever we have about what the staff could do, because you, uh, you, you didn't, uh, there's no, no paperwork mentioning the, uh, what the, uh, the developer had to say, is there, or did I overlook No, it? there's not. So a, a quick update. Um, the, uh, the owner of the property on Clinton that prompted us to, to go down this path um, has verbally agreed to extend the deadline that we set for the end of January uh, to June or July. Um, we would have to have a, a formal agreement to, to solidify that, but <clears throat> I guess my message to the council tonight is we only need to extend it if there is further study that would help you make your decision. And a lot of the angst with this uh, ordinance has been with the receiving sites and um, whether in the future we think that we're going to be 
willing to grant these on a, on a fairly consistent and regular basis. I don't think that concern is going to go away with, with any amount of study. Uh, uh, you have some maps that are hopefully a little bit more clear to you in the packet. I hope you had a chance to look at those. I know for me, they, they helped me think about those sites. And for me personally, they kind of amplified the concerns. So we can extend it, but I wouldn't just do it to continue the conversation. I, I'd, I'd want to hear from you exactly what further study that we could provide you as staff uh, that would, um, or research that we could provide you that would help you make your policy decision. Okay, so this would be a moment when we could suggest some possibilities of, of uh, I don't know, information that the staff could compile over the next six months if we think it might be fruitful and if it might influence our judgment about what to do. I want to raise a couple or three possibilities. I, I, I don't know that they're going to sway me, but I want to just get them out there. Uh, one is, might there be some criteria that would enable the staff to <coughs> narrow the, um, the number of possible receiving sites or the types of possible receiving sites while simultaneously enabled, enabling desired developments in specific neighborhoods? You know, because as it is now, I, I, we have this map showing kind of places all over the, all over the city. And, and I'm thinking if, if we could target this uh, transfer of density in a way that would accomplish other objectives, then I, I'd be interested. So I'm just wondering, if it, maybe over the next several months, staff could in investigate that. The other thing is, in order for this to work, there'd have to be willing buyers, right? I mean, it doesn't matter if there are uh, 150 sites that are potentially possible. The owners have to be willing to somehow be involved and buy the density or transfer the density to their property. So how, how would we go about identifying the willing buyers if I'm understanding the process correctly. So those two questions come to my mind. And then I wonder, it, does, it make any, does it make good sense to have staff spend more time on this, despite the two questions I just asked? You know, so I hope I'm being clear about this. You know, I see two possibilities that the staff could explore, but I'm not sure it's really worth asking the staff to spend the time to do it. My response would be no. Um, Number one, I want to say I really appreciate the staff's time and effort in this because I can't imagine how many hours <laughs> you guys spent in trying to pull this stuff together and give us, you know, what we had asked to have to consider um, based on that uh, property owner's request. But for me, and I got a sense that at least some other counselors and maybe everybody kind of agreed with this last time, this is an incredibly complex um, situation and and program to put into place. I think it's going to be very complex for people to understand, and there's with that complexity is also going to be a considerable amount of uncertainty as to whether the transfer of development rights would even be allowed, since every single one of those applications would come back to the city council. Um, when I looked at the maps, and again, thank you very much for the more detailed maps. I don't know how much time that took, but it really helped me a lot. Um, I would concur with Jeff's comments. It just raised my level of concern even more. Because as I looked at so many of those, I could just 
kind of envision neighbors in those areas saying, wait a minute, it's already dense enough here. We don't need or want more density, what's that going to do to parking, you know, all other kinds of things. And then immediately that is coming back to a council. Now, five years, 10 years, 20 years from now, I have to make decisions on those. Um, we started with the premise of trying to solve a problem or make it easier to address preservation of historic property. My concern in trying to address that issue, which I, I think is, is a real issue, in how do we find ways to incentivize it and make it happen, I, I think we're almost, I think we're coming up with a solution that is going to cause more problems than what we're trying to solve. And so my position at this point would be to vote against it um, if we were to vote tonight, so. I guess I was sort of a solitary voice before in terms of wanting to move forward with it, so I'd hopefully try to persuade and get some votes mm -hmm. to that position. Um, Susan's absolutely right. It is an incredibly complex issue, but as I see it, it does come down to um, council does have control both over the landmarking process and making a historic district, so there would be that public feedback at that stage. And you're right, there would be essentially potential controversies on the back end for deciding where the receiving sites are. But I think the underlying concern of all of this is us somehow losing control over unintended density in places that we don't necessarily want. And so to me, we have that level of control through the landmark process in terms of, I would hope that through that discussion, if there was a developer wanting to landmark, that there would be a related discussion of where you'd wanna use that, that density in terms of the receiving site. I know that that wouldn't happen in all those cases, like for example, with Tate Arms, they're still looking where, where they can actually send that, but I think we have that level of control um, both at the sending site and the receiving site. The second thing is, it's not as if, although we don't want to do tweaks you know, all the time, that we can't make some additional modifications over the next two, three, four, five years, whoever's on the council at that time. Final point would be, I don't think there's any chance at all of ever getting historic preservation downtown unless there's some sort of quid pro quo for the district to be able to get some of the value out for the historic designation. Um, I just bring that up in terms of, um, I don't think that's gonna be able to happen. Uh, and so to, if we ever do get to that point, it would be nice to tell that district that, hey, if you do get this historic designation, you'll be able to transfer some of that value in terms of other parts of the downtown. So I would like to see us moving through. Um, it did go through planning and zoning. Um, I believe the Historic Preservation Commission, were they unanimous? Um, no, I think the answer is no, but. I don't, I don't recall. It passed them. So at least two different bodies that are that are, have expertise in that area. And I'm always reluctant. Of course, we'll hear from the planning and zoning if I don't persuade people. Um, but, but I'm reluctant to overturn their judgment unless I think there's a clear, clear reason to depart um, from their careful consideration. So I'll be a yes. <coughs> a, a, a yes for what in particular? For approving the, the For approving motion? it as is, yes. Okay. <clears throat> I'm, else? I'm willing to um, also give my support to it. I, you know, I, and in part, it's I understand that in the big macro picture, this thing seems very unwieldy uh, and problematic. Um, at the same time, I'm looking at the immediate issues that we're facing, which which are the um, 
preservation of the property on Clinton, and then there's another uh, property on Bloomington, both of which seem to me in the staff's presentation, at least the Clinton, and I think it would apply to Bloomington, the, the amount of transfer that we're talking about is a very modest amount. Um, I, unless, unless I misunderstood something, uh, and, and staff could correct me on this, but it seemed to me that in those sorts of situations, the process uh, would not be as complex because the amount of transfer is not that great. Um, and so I would, I would want, <laughs> you know, we were so pleased with the preservation of Tate Arms. That was one property. Uh, I'm willing to pr approve this so that at least one property at a time in those, in those conditions where it would apply and, and be a workable uh, remedy uh, can move forward. And other, other issues or other strategies may be necessary uh, to, you know, to complement this. But I do think if, if we save at a minimum one or two properties, uh, I think it's worthwhile moving forward. Other discussion? I think the um, theory of this um, up front is really good um, as far as like the historic preservation piece. Um, I think it would be great to have a, 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 in the toolkit uh, something that developers would want to reserve um, some, and, and, and make some properties historic, except I think on the back end, um, as Susan has mentioned, um, there is so much uncertainty. Right now we, you know, in our work session earlier, you know, there's master plans, form-based codes, capital street height bonuses, and all this other stuff that sometimes I think counselors may want to um, get away from um, and not, you know, abide by what legislatively what's been written in directives um, for the council to take on. So for me, this is something that I, I, I don't think on the back end is good. Um, it's going to cause a lot of distress, I believe, um, for some individuals if they want to place a property uh, someplace where the council doesn't agree. And so I would not vote for this. Anyone else? I want to say something, but I want to get my note correctly here. Okay. Ann, could you come up, please? Thank you. I want to make sure I'm correct in stating something. Uh, do I understand correctly that uh, the ordinance as currently written would enable property owners to transfer density to the downtown? Yes. Yes. And do I understand correctly that if an historic preservation district is created in the downtown, owners would be able to transfer density from the downtown? If they were contributing properties in yeah. the district. Yeah. So thank you. That, that's. I just wanted okay. to make sure I knew about that. Okay. Well, that makes no sense to have the downtown both be a receiving and ascending area. So there's something just pretty wacky with that. Uh, I, th I think transferring density to the to the downtown would worsen the conflict over preservation and development. So there's that. I think transferring density from the downtown would potentially involve massive transfers of density. Where would they go? Where would these massive transfers go? 
Also, transferring density to a different area to the Riverfront Crossings District is not necessary given the existing height bonuses that already exist there. So we already know that that, they are, that the Riverfront Crossings District has received a massive upzoning for anyone who gets rezoned to Riverfront Crossings District. So transferring density into that district is just, and they have height bonuses and transferring more density in that district. I, I don't understand why that would be reasonable. So I think n none of those make any sense, nor does it generally make sense to transfer density to the north side neighborhood, John. I mean, it, you know, the map shows all sorts of sites in the north side neighborhood that could be, uh, you know, possible receiving areas. So that doesn't make any sense to me. And then the bottom line, though, is what uh, you, you've already mentioned, Susan. I'll use my own words, though. Uh, basically, every one of those receiving sites on the map is a flashpoint for political conflict involving resistance from neighbors for, for you know, completely legitimate reasons. So I don't want to get into that, that kind of set of conflicts. And I could say more, but I think that's plenty. Uh, so I, I, I cannot support the, the um, proposed ordinance for those reasons and others, much as I admire the great work that our staff has done on it. Uh, any other discussion about this? Well, I think we have to hear from Pauline and yeah, Mazahir Pauline. to know what our numbers are. Yeah, we do. I was just trying to scroll through because you'd asked about the Historic Preservation Commission. Uh, looks like they did vote unanimous, unanimously uh, no, in favor. Planning, but, but, planning and Zoning or, Commission. Well, wait. And, oh, sorry. Both, yeah. Uh, but both the Planning, Zoning, and Historic Preservation still had concerns. Though I, I don't understand voting in favor if, if you have concerns. And, and as I do, I have some concerns about it, too, and, and don't really understand the necessity of it. And, and uh, mostly on the part of the receiving units, as, as has already been mentioned, you know, yeah, we don't want to get in the middle of that battle in the neighborhood. So uh, I, I would probably not be in favor of it. Do you want to say something, Maz? Uh, I guess the same thing. This is really complicated to me, and I think so. uh, we, we need to look into a lot of things. We need to reach out to a lot of people on this. And uh, I, I, I think we need time to decide on this. That's why, for now, I will vote no. All right, so that means we need to offer uh, a consultation with the Planning and Zoning Commission, and we need to continue the public hearing until we learn what they say. So could I have a motion, right, to continue the public hearing? So move. Uh, but uh, so what helped me with the date? Would I say two weeks from now or indefinite? Or? We'll get you a definite date and city conference board. Well, probably the 18th. It's just, I think if we can fit the cons. When does planning and zoning meet next? Thursday. Thursday. Okay. Well, we can either do it to the December 18th or January 8th. Uh, if we keep it on the 18th, we could possibly do it at the work session. That's short notice on yeah. P&Z. If they can't do it, we'll just defer it again. Yeah. Makes okay. Sense. So uh, the motion would be to defer the public hearing until the 18th of December and to offer a consult. Move. Second. Uh, moved by Soleil. Second by Mims. All in favor, say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. All right. Item 9, council compensation. 
This is an ordinance amending Title I, Administration, Chapter 5, City Council, Section 3, Compensation of the City Code to increase the salary and health insurance benefit of the Mayor and members of the City Council, effective January the 1st, 2020. Could I have a motion to pass and adopt, please? So moved. Second. Moved by Cole and seconded by Teague. Discussion? Again, I think this is a great opportunity for the counselors to um, allow um, individuals with less means to totally be a part of the council. Um, if someone has a full-time job or and they have to go to part-time or whatever the case may be, I, I, I think that um, this is the time to make that opportunity. And we're talking, if we're talking about like, you know, $15 an hour, this of course doesn't equate, equate to that at all. But when we're talking about um, ensuring that um, workers, you know, have um, really wages that will help them uh, be successful in our community, I think that council position. Um, is, is, is a part of that as well, a, a part of that equation. We're not doing anything that other counselors throughout, the, throughout our state and throughout the nation does already. And so I really do feel that this is a step in the right direction um, for our community and will allow others in our community the ability to be a part of this uh, team up here. Um, so I 100% I support this. Yeah, I agree, Bruce. And I think what really what we're trying to find, as I see it, is the Goldilocks amount. Not too high, not too low, but just right. I think if we get too high, then we start getting to people to say, hey, then all of a sudden it becomes a permanent position. And I don't think any of us want people to view council as a career. Um, I think we want it to view it as service, right? And so, but there's the practical reality. Um, you know, Susan, I think you raised a very legitimate point. I mean, will this really do what we think it will do? Well, I, I think there's a good shot. I mean, because if if you're talking about if you're making, you know, eight nine dollars an hour, and I think total that'd be probably fifteen to eighteen thousand a year, and if you're talking about a council salary, given what we work at roughly commensurate with that, that may tip the scales in terms of being able to open up some opportunities. Um, you know, the nice thing about this is by statute, uh, we're accountable to the the, uh, the public in terms of this cannot go into effect until there's an intervening election. So for those of us that um, intend to run again, if we do, every single one of us will have to be 100% accountable. And, and if people think this is unfair, unreasonable, uh, they're uh, entitled to register their opposition to the ballot box. Uh, so to me, and this, as Jim points out, this is not a huge increase, um, and it has not happened in about 20 years, so I, I'm very comfortable um, in terms of making this recommendation. I think it's a very sensible number that we picked at, and I think it is the, uh, the Goldilocks amount, just right. I'm often asked, how, how much time do you spend uh, with the council business? And that really varies, and I think we had a very lengthy discussion about that. And, and as I pointed out, uh, we're not really thinking of it as an hourly salary. It's, it's salaried. It's just a salary that's given uh, to um, serve on the council. So I think we have to continue to think of it that way. And then the, the last I, uh, aspect of this that I would mention is, you know, it's was we're trying to establish parity with other cities of comparable size and complexity. So this will do that as well, which I think is, you know, just right. It's sort of tied um, to what other cities are doing as well. 
I, I voted no for this last time, and I'm going to continue voting no. Not because I don't I disagree with you or you know the concept that this is encouraging the low-income people to run for council. That's true, completely. I believe on this, but you know I don't think we have to do it now. Uh, since day one, I was just saying that we need to increase uh, seasonal city employees. Uh, you know, income first, the wages first to $15 an hour before we can move forward and increase our own salary. That's why I'm going to still continue saying no to this. Anyone else? Okay, I'd like to mention one thing. Uh, an additional, I, I've already laid out several justifications for increasing the salaries. By, incidentally, by a total of approximately $30,000 per year total for seven people. So it's not a very large increase. So here's my additional justification. As somebody who served on this council 20 years ago, I can tell you the job's a lot harder, a lot more demanding than it was 20 years ago. And the bottom line is I think we need to realize we're a larger city facing a lot more complicated array of challenges than we did then. And that's just a fact. So uh, I think that's that's a justification for at least $10 a year or more. <laughs> I think it, uh, it really warrants it. Anyone else? Okay, hearing no one, uh, no further comment, uh, roll call please. Thomas? Yes. Throgmorton? Yes. Cole? Yes. Mims? No. Salee? No. Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Motion carries five to two. Item 10, council appointments. Item 10A, Parks and Recreation Commission. We have one vacancy to fill a four-year term. And the gender, there is no gender requirement. So we have four applications from Jessica Bruss, Clayton Clausen, Sarah Urian, and Brianna Wills. What's your pleasure, folks? I would support Brianna. I think, I mean, I think we talked about Clay last time, and I, you know, I indicated my support, and even though he'd been, he's been on for a long time, has been off the year, and it certainly seemed to be the consensus of council that we didn't want to go that direction. So given that, I think when I look at the other three, I think Brianna shows maybe the longest and most um, distinctive involvement with the parks and visiting all the parks and studying all the parks in helping her neighborhood uh, develop a park in, in that neighborhood. So I think she's shows through that her interest and, and love of and compassion and care about the parks in Iowa City. So I would support Brianna. Mm -hmm. Well, not only that, I think her experience in the nonprofit world now that she has with Old Brick, not that she could bring that directly to the fore, but I know a lot of the nonprofits use a lot of her facilities. So I think that'd be a great asset to have that connection. So yeah, I, I'm a um, huge fan of Brianna and I, I would definitely support her. I will support her too. Me too. I agree. Well, there you go. Sounds, could I have a motion to appoint uh, uh, Brianna Wills to the Parks and Recreation Commission? I'll move. Second. Moved by Sully, seconded by Cole. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Item 11, announcement of vacancies, new vacancies. Applicants must reside in Iowa City and be 18 years of age unless specific qualifications are stated. 
So we have one vacancy to fill an unexpired term on the Board of Adjustment, and the, the term would be filled upon appointment. And applications for this position must be received by 5 p.m. Tuesday, January the 15th of 2019. Item 12, announcement of vacancies. Previous announcements, we have one vacancy to fill an unexpired term upon appointment to the Airport Zoning Commission, two vacancies to fill five-year terms on the Airport Zoning Board of Adjustment, Ooh, one vacancy, no, is it three? Th we have three vacancies to fill five-year terms on the Airport uh, Zoning Board of Adjustment. One vacancy to fill a five-year term on the Board of Appeals, HVAC, or Building Professional position. One, vac one vacancy to fill a three-year term on the Historic Preservation Commission for the East College Street District. One vacancy to fill a three-year term on the Historic Pres Preservation Commission for the Jefferson Street District, and one vacancy to fill a three-year term on the Telecommunications Commission. These vacancies will remain open until filled. Item 13, community comment. Anybody who wants to address the topic? On, da, da, da. Hi. Hi, Gustav. Hi. <laughs> Gustav Stewart, uh, student liaison. Um, all I'm going to say is if you know of any student um, that is looking for a ride to the airport, uh, UISG is facilitating um, a shuttle service um, from uh, the campus to uh, the Cedar Rapids Airport. Um, yeah, pretty much it. Thank you. Great. Great. And when does that start? Um, I believe it is the Friday of finals week, but I might... It's around then. Is it just for the holiday break or what? Yes, just for the holiday break. And um, I believe uh, we did it for Thanksgiving break. And I think we plan on doing it for uh, the spring break period as well. Okay, yep. great. Thank you. Thanks, Gustav. Okay, item 14, city council information. And I want, to, I want to distinguish between what we're going to do right now and what we do during the work session. In the work session, what I was hoping to get is reports on what boards, commissions, et cetera, that we're assigned to have been doing. For this, it's just about pending work session topics, upcoming community events, council invitations, what you've done, meeting schedule, I mean, stuff like that. So let's start with Rockney and move to the right. Um, just a few different things in terms of various events going on in the community. Um, there is an annual, my daughter just started trumpet in fifth grade, so I'm much more into brass and interested in those issues. There is an annual holiday tuba concert at the University of Iowa Old Capitol Museum. Uh, the UI Tuba and Euphonium Ensemble will be bringing seasonal music and cheer to the University of Iowa. It takes place Friday, December 7th from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on the steps of the Old Capitol Museum. That sounds like a lot of fun to me, so I, I might actually go to that. Uh, there's also a 2018 Holiday Market. Um, the Holiday Market will take place from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Saturday, December 8th at Robert A. Recreation Center, um, 220 South Gilbert Street. Uh, the market will be held in the 
recreation center's first floor gymnasium and second floor social hall. Uh, farmers market vendors will make homemade, home craft, and seasonal goods. And then finally, um, we're getting up to the winter solstice. Um, you can celebrate the winter solstice with friends and family at the winter solstice festival of light. The celebration will take place from 6, uh, 6 to 8 p.m. on Friday, December 21st, 2018 at the Robert A. Recreation Center. That's all I have. I'll just mention uh, Susan Craig retired, is retiring. I'm, I'm not sure exactly when her last day is, but uh, yeah. there was a, an event at the library, uh, Room A, uh, celebrating her 40 year, 41 years of service. It's a really nice event. Um, library, you know, the folks who love libraries, it's kind of fun to be around those people. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it was, it was a real pleasure to be there. Yep. Susan? Just, um, you know, we're coming up on a major break in our community. You know, we have the summer when all the students leave, and we have this next month or so when the town kind of empties out. And so I would just wish everybody uh, safe travels, especially in this winter weather. Um, hope their planes, trains, cars, whatever mode of transportation you're using, um, get there safely and don't get delayed uh, by terrible winter weather. So just hope everybody enjoys the break, the holidays, and comes back invigorated uh, for their second semester, for those who are on the academic calendar. And, you know, and hopefully things will slow down a little bit for us over that time, too. And we'll come back and hit budget season. Mm. <laughs> oh, thanks. Holly? Mm. Uh, just to echo on John's comments about uh, the retirement reception for Susan Craig, it, it really was a nice event. It really, very well attended. Uh, it was great to see Marianne Carr was there, and it was good to see her smiling face again and to chat with her and catch up with uh, what she's been doing in her retirement. Um, and a lot of the comments made by people uh, about Susan were just spot on for what she's done for our, our literary community. So it, it was a really nice event. Um, Jim and I, maybe, uh, I think it was in the uh, late packet, the listing post summary, uh, attended that out at Weber Elementary. That was uh, very nice and pretty well attended. Good, good comments from the folks. Um, in the past week, I've attended two events that are related to um, university uh, dealings. Uh, the SEIU, the union that represents the healthcare workers, presented their contract to the union or to the hospital. And uh, also, then there was a Save the Labor Center summit uh, the other day uh, regarding the, the labor center. And I know we don't, uh, we're not in the business to tell the university how to do their business, and they don't tell us uh, how to do ours. Uh, but uh, how the university chooses to handle both these situations will ultimately affect uh, members of our community, and we should pay uh, close attention to how each of those uh, play out. That's all. Yep. On um, the 30th of November, um, there was a uh, the reading of names from sunrise at 6:45 a.m. until 4:40 p.m. and I was um, very fortunate to be a part of that day, where we read um, the names of individuals that have passed away from um, HIV/AIDS, um, and it really did um, humanize. Um, all of these individuals by reading their names. And they had a, a quote that was dedicated to, um, um, that was made by, I'm not sure if it was actually made by um, IC Red uh, committee members or from, yes. 
come on up. <laughs> um, it was actually a panel from the AIDS Memorial Quilt. Um, so each year, uh, I see Red, or I guess Red Week in the past, um, has brought it over from Atlanta. Thank you. Austin, stay, state your name again, please. Oh, uh, hi, I'm Austin Wu. Uh, do I just to put my address down? or No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, um, um, it was actually a very emotional day. Um, just to be out there, being a part of that. Um, I, on December 1st, through all, after the rain stopped, um, I took my two nieces downtown and we got on the trolley. Um, and that was fun. We actually sang about three carols, which I think they only wanted to do one, but um, we had a singing group on our, <laughs> on our trolley. So that was fun. I'll bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> and then my, now my niece, nieces are nine and 11. Wait, 11 and 13. So I took them over to sit on Santa's lap, but that did not happen. <laughs> so we did go in the film scene and look at Santa, but they're like, we are too big to do that. <laughs> so um, it was a fun weekend uh, with them walking around um, downtown Iowa City. Even went to see all of the bears, which was in the Hilton Garden Inn. Um, the, the teddy bears and that room was beautiful. Uh, it was decorated very nicely with all the teddy bears that, were, that was there. Um, a few things that will be coming up uh, will be the choir um, and this is the LGBT community. On the 15th of December, they're going to be having a concert, and that's going to be at 7.30 p.m. at Zion Lutheran Church. Um, other than that, there's a few things that I'm going to be going to. Um, it's going to be Think Iowa, um, and that's going to be on the 11th, um, and that'll be a city luncheon um, with Think Iowa. Um, other than that, um, we, we have uh, students that are getting ready to take finals, and I wish all of them the best during this time. I remember those days, but they're over. Mm. <laughs> Good study. I really don't remember anything. I don't have anything, but no, Thursday, I, uh, I, I'm going to the breakfast dinner, something like that, with Little Village. Uh, because I being voted at best elected official with uh, Stacy Walker, and we have like I guess breakfast dinner on the garden, and everybody invited. Mm. All right, congratulations. congratulations. Thanks. Is that it? You've been That's out of town though. Where where did you go? Yeah, I, I I went to Sudan to bring my mother. She's sick and she's here right now. Yeah. Even though she doesn't like the cold, but mm. I promise I only one month and mm. she can leave. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome back. So I would like to wish all of our Jewish residents and friends a happy Hanukkah. I would also like to mention about the listening post, Pauline, that one of the things we heard was concerns expressed about the encroachment of CAFOs in the southern southern part of Johnson County and the potential health risks in Iowa City associated with CAFOs. And a CAFO is what it was a confined animal, animal feed operation. operation. So the then the health of um, public health concern that was expressed has to do with um, airborne or waterborne spread of community MRSA, M R S A, which is a highly infectious uh, bacteria, right? 
and Pauline knows a lot more about that than I do. But yeah, so they they wanted us to be aware of their concerns and about how there's a a new organization that's formed. Was it Save Our Iowa Land? I, I, I don't remember the exact name now. Anyhow, we did that. Like Bruce, I read names at the world's aid on World AIDS Day. I went about noon, and they told me you'd already been there, that you were there like 7 o'clock or something like that in the morning. I thought, okay, good for you. I don't want to do it. I also am sure some people would like to know that there's a supervisor candidate form tomorrow night, which is Wednesday, December the 5th, right here in City Hall, starting at 7 o'clock, 7 p.m., uh, I'm also going to be at Little Village's Breakfast of Champions on Thursday to accept a, an award on behalf of Iowa City, the city of Iowa City. That'll be fun. I'm going to participate in a Chamber of Community Leadership Roundtable, which our fine city manager organized on Friday the 7th over in the Coralville Library, right? Yeah. And let's see. The Convention and Visitors Bureau's annual awards luncheon will take place on December 11th, the 11th in the Graduate Hotel, so I'm going to participate in that as well. And let's see, you and I, Bruce, are going to meet with the university's Government Relations Committee on the 12th of December. Yes. Yeah, that'll be a fun thing to do. And I want to, uh, this is the last thing I'm going to mention, I want to alert you to an opportunity and see if any of you are potentially interested in going, taking advantage of this opportunity. And that is the Mayor's Innovation Project is holding its winter meeting in Washington, D.C. on the 25th and 26th of January. So if you're interested, uh, let me know. Uh, there's no registration for member cities, so people coming from member cities. So. And, you know, if, you, if you're interested and can do it, you know, that'd be a pretty valuable thing to do. I think the topic, I don't have the list in front of you, but the topics that they're going to be discussing are spot on. So that'd be a good reason to do it. Okay, I think that's it for us. Jeff? Nothing. Ashley? No. Eleanor? Kelly? Just one clarification. Your summary for the listing post will be in this Thursday's info packet, so on the 6th. Okay. Good deal. All right. I think that means we're pretty much done. Could I have a motion to adjourn to the work session, please? So moved. moved. Second. Moved by Sally, seconded by Cole. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. We are adjourned. <laughs>